0: Hello, my love, and welcome to This Messy Beautiful Life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain, body, soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so, my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to This Messy, Beautiful Life, the podcast Thank you for joining me I have another wonderful guest with us today introducing to you Lisa Tahir who is from well she lives in New Orleans and also in LA as well she has a bit of a nomadic life herself uh, Lisa is a licensed clinical social worker she's also certified in EMDR and Reiki as well as a thought coach so hello Lisa we are I'm so delighted to have you here today
2: Erin, I am so happy to be with you on your podcast, and I find it amazing that you and your family have relocated to Bali for the summer. That's just really expanding to my mind, and I would love to see myself work remotely somewhere as beautiful as that since I've been to Bali. So I appreciate you inspiring me.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it is beautiful. It is um. It is a wonderful experience and something that I think, you know, especially now the world has opened back up again, is something we can do more of. So I have introduced you really, really briefly, but I always love to get my guests to introduce themselves because I think there's always a much more richness in that. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you, that would be wonderful.
2: Sure, Erin. Like you said, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I practice as a therapist. I see clients remotely on Zoom and FaceTime and by phone all over the world. I love being a therapist. And I talk about that in my book that I know we're going to discuss Mm. where in the beginning of my book, I really dedicate the book to my clients. I have experienced therapy to be such a sacred intimacy And the things that are shared between my client and I just go so deep. I have been both a, a client in therapy, my own personal process, as well as working with others. And it's just such a special relationship. And I knew when I was um, 21 and started social work school that I wanted to help people understand their psychology, their emotions. I've come to learn our emotions are a guidance system, just revealing information to us on a daily basis. And when we develop those eyes and ears to see and hear what our intuition wants us to know we can start really directing our life a bit more easily than listening to all the outside voices and opinions. So Mm. that's what I thought to share as you asked me that.
1: Mm, Yeah, thank you. I love that. And I'm such a big fan. I'm a big fan of therapy. I have participated myself and continue to participate. And I also really love it when people also bring in other elements outside of sort of the more traditional talk therapy that really does tap into the mind, body, soul connection. And I really see that as something that you offer, which we'll talk more about as well. So yes, you you mentioned your book. So let's jump into that because I'm so, so fascinated by this. So you have... um, Created, coined the phrase, I guess, psycho psychoastrology. Um, and you have written a book um, based on that called The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy and Self-Forgiveness. Ooh, this gives me goosebumps, that title. I love it. So thank you. Please tell us all about this and, and maybe even, you know, the journey that got you to the
2: place of kind of writing the book. Sure, you know, what my book seeks to answer for those of you listening and watching, it it really helps us, it helps you identify your patterns and decode them. It One of the things I've seen being a therapist is the system of patterns. We see patterns in nature, you know, like in the weather um, and their patterns, their seasons, for example. Mm. And there's also those seasons and patterns in our lives. And the template that we grew up with, for example, the way we saw our parents interact with each other was an early template about love relationships and that you know parenting templates and patterns. And we take all this, we just absorb it like a sponge as we grow up and move through our lives, often unaware, just believing certain things about mm-hmm. life, about people, about money. Um, and it'll be evident sometime if you hear, somebody just speak, you know, about how, oh, you can't trust anyone or, you know, people just want to screw you over. Like these are core beliefs Mm -hmm. that are running the backdrop of our lives. And I started to really pay attention in the last five years to which patterns do I want to give my attention to? And which do I want to withdraw my attention? Kind of like an experiment, Erin, to see what would happen in my life. You know, for a month, let me just really believe, start to believe in my worthiness and my value and read what I needed to read, get back in therapy to fine tune some of these places where I wasn't valuing myself, for example, because sometimes you know, we set an intention, we want to walk a path, but we need some help. So I always encourage you to get the help you need to get to that place you want To go Mm -hmm. and become that person to inhabit the vision you have for yourself of more prosperity of more love of more being seen and less being minimized. And it takes making some changes most often I think in between our own two ears, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that nuances, you know, that causes us to maybe act differently, speak differently, maybe even speak less rather than more in some circumstances. And so for me, the Chiron effect, Chiron is a minor planet and comet in our solar system discovered by astronomer Charles Cowell with the K in 1977. And Chiron astrologically is also a minor planet. Like you might know your sun sign, your mm-hmm. moon, your rising sign. Like what's your sun sign, for Libran. example? Libra, Libra, yeah. Oh, you're a Libra. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. I have so many Libras in my life. So your Chiron is in a different sign than your sun sign of Libra. It will be an Aries or Gemini or Scorpio based upon your time of birth, your place of birth and date of birth. And what Chiron illuminates for you is this area. And I see it on a spectrum. Uh Aaron, it's a spectrum between core wounding in the cases of trauma and abuse like I grew mm-hmm. up with where these were some deep woundings from going through abuse and trauma that really left me shell shocked kind of coming out of my adolescence into adulthood and starting therapy as a young person because I knew I didn't have some of the skills I needed to really re- meet adulthood in a mm. in a healthy way and I wanted to become a healthy adult and not continue some of the patterns i saw in my in my family lineage and for others of you that maybe came out of childhood more um you know confident and feeling good about things feeling more loved and knowing your value and worth these could be areas of vulnerability mm-hmm. so core wounding is on that spectrum vulnerability yeah. up to and including core wounding and these are areas of your life that you minimize you might you know, you might look really successful on paper, but despite how much success you achieve, you never feel like you're good enough. Mm. And it's like, you don't even let in for some reason. And it's, it's mysterious to you, like good things happen, but somehow you just don't feel it. You know, it's almost like it bounces off of you or deflects off of you. Or for others, it might be you're misperceived, you're misunderstood. And I think we've all felt, one time or another, not heard, not understand, not understood. And it's, you know, it, it, it sucks. It just feels terrible when that happens. So Mm. knowing where Chiron is helps you kind of hone in your affirmations, your healing, your kind of when something doesn't go as you want it to, you you know, how can I affirm myself more in this one area? So my book really helps you decipher your patterning and learn to set yourself on a new frequency, on a new trajectory to attract and live more of what you want. Hmm. And who doesn't want that, right? Yeah, I think (laughs) we all do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, oh, there's so much in there that you said that resonates for me. I think, like you said, whether someone's come from a, you know, a traumatic, having a traumatic childhood experience, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, whether it's traumatic or whether it's just, you know, some things that happened, having the information or the access to the understanding of the things that we believe are not necessarily truth right Um, they they might be our truth they might have been our parents truth that we've we've absorbed but you know beliefs are not truth they are things that we have come to believe so maybe we can talk a little bit more about that this understanding of and this uncovering of these core beliefs or these limiting beliefs depending on how
2: people talk about it and that's what the work really is, Erin. Mm. It's it's the work in our belief system. It's the work in our mind. It's really, I've learned less to do with needing to confront people or make a bunch of outward changes. That will happen naturally. One, not necessarily confrontations even, but certain people just flowing away or being less present in your life and new kinds of people or the same people bringing you their more positive qualities because you've started to change what you want to believe is true for you. And an example that just stands out as you were just talking, Aaron, is once my dad in the last couple of years, we were talking about hurricane repairs being in new Orleans. And my dad was like, Oh, you know, everybody just wants to screw you over. I mean, I can't find an honest workman. And I just thought, I was like, Whoa, like little light bulb in my mind. I grew up with that kind of messaging Mm -hmm. and that is something I will not carry into my future. I don't believe that everyone wants to screw you over. In fact, I have had so much generosity in my life with people doing things complimentary and helping me or doing it for either an honest you know, rate or a discounted rate. So it's all what you believe. And again, that's based in your experience. So when you have people screwing you over, you naturally wanna believe that's how life is. But if you start to be a person that looks to help others, really looks to be that, you know, be something different than what you've experienced, you know, in that way, as an example, you'll start to also come into contact with other people that want to help out also, because there are all kinds of people in our world, as you know, it's like, what are you a magnet to? And what are you repelling? So that's when I started to really get interested in kind of my personal frequency and vibration. And it's different than positive thinking, which is something I had to differentiate because you can be thinking a positive thought, but unless you really believe it Mm. in your heart, and your body, you know, you're going to attract that. And so it takes some work to really step into maybe I want to believe people are going to help me instead of take advantage. I want to believe I can be more prosperous. I want to believe I can be in a loving relationship. So you kind of take those baby steps and allow life to show you that it can be safe for you, that there can be provision for you. And so that's the journey I've been on that happened as I was writing my book over three and a half years. And since I'm really wanting to help people understand in just easier ways, you know, like my book combines psychology traditions, astrology is just the diagnostic point to learn where your Chiron is, but the healing and the remediation is through taking personal responsibility and applying psychological truths and spirituality. I love meditation. I talk in my book about meditation. There's one in there, in fact, and just combining different traditions to help you self-soothe so that when you're encountering an emotion that's hard, um, you're able to to contain it. You know, we are containers and being able to soothe ourselves is just key. And I wonder what you think about that, Erin. Oh,
1: yes. So, so key. Um, And one of the things, you know, that you're talking about is like having these tools in your toolkit. Like I can remember, like, you know, I think we're all, you know, I'm on a journey. I am certainly not perfect, but I look at myself even three years ago and the lack of tools that I had in my toolkit to be able to deal with things as they come up. And so a lot of these things that you're talking about is about having those tools in your toolkit and predominantly love the bit about self-responsibility, love the bit about self-soothing. You know, part of my patterning has always been to seek soothing through others and then, of course, talk about repeating patterns Then I don't get what I need, that I just feel re- um, rejected again and it just mm-hmm. ends up in this loop when, you know, ultimately I am responsible for that. I am responsible for the boundaries that I do or don't put in place. I am responsible for the behaviours I accept in others and mm-hmm what I am putting out into the world so yes I resonate with everything that you're saying there so
2: so much and I you also know, I'm sorry go no you first so that I'll say I can, I can hold on to it
1: yeah no I was just gonna say I really love what you said and it's something I talk about a lot as well is about experimenting you know you said you use this as an experiment on yourself yeah and- that's what I believe life is despite what we've been taught despite the fact we've been told you need to have plans you need to know where you're going you need to stick to them you need to follow the ABC step and I did this so you do that and that will be right for you that is not in my opinion what this journey is all about it's about experimenting it's about connecting to yourself and trying things out and seeing how they work for you.
2: It is yes and you know what you said that I really tuned into is when you talked about self-soothing through others and certainly you know that's so delicious when we're able to really be close to someone and that that mutual vibration of love and appreciation mm. you know feel so good and, and definitely enjoy every time that happens I know that I do and simultaneously you know people, aren't always, say, available for that in the way we need. So that's where just increasing your ability to self-soothe will make it feel so much delicious when someone else is in that with you, as well as when they're not able to be for whatever reason, you know, work, other responsibilities, going through something that you still are able to feel a connection to love, you know, because love is from the universe from universal mind from God from wherever, however you source it, greater than you know, the, like what we can touch and see and feel with our bodies. Mm. It's it's around us. So being able to tap into that and having a secure connection to that source will definitely help you when people and things change in your life. I know for me that's been such a big uh kind of takeaway is staying connected to that source regardless of what is going on in physical reality. Cause it'll, it'll make your ride, your experience just a bit smoother. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that when it gets challenging,
1: that's right. And, and I think that, that openness, that vulnerability, that I suppose, you know, connecting into that, more f- that feminine energy of, of love, of emotionality, of receiving. And yeah. that's something that until not that long ago, I, I wasn't so good at, I wasn't so good at sitting with, and being willing to receive, you know, I was putting up blockers all over the place. And so of course Mm. things weren't happening the way that I wanted to, because I, my energy was actively blocking that.
2: And I think I, when I hear you say that, Erin, I'm thinking of fear, you know, fear can, fear can, you know, block or kind of like, you know, block is such a strong word, and I know it's it's out a lot in the lexicon. And and you know, you're blocked. Your chakras are blocked. You're you know all these ways. But I, you know, source is so powerful. We are so loved that no matter what, it really doesn't matter if you're blocked. Like universe mm. is gonna get to you. I really believe we're we're just that important to to the higher consciousness, and and to like what wherever you are, there's you know there's always a way. And hope is such an important thing to cultivate. In your life that because there can be a lot of fear and hearing you're blocked yes. your you know your energy's blocked your chakras are blocked that sounds scary and like you have to go to someone to have that fixed and no you don't you have your own connection to source energy to the universe you don't need anyone else You know, to do that for you, certainly practitioners can help you on the path, but you Mm. are the source of, of your healing and you can learn in so many ways. I love YouTube, YouTube. I've learned so much on YouTube, Erin, like topics about timelines and, you know, healing and meditations and sound frequency and, Mm. and such that you can learn and listen to. So, you know, if you're hungry for it, you can find the information to, to feel better. Oh, there is so much
1: information and so much guidance
2: and support out there
1: in whatever way, but you'd be so right. You know, it's this, this coming back to ourselves of this knowing and trust that yes. we have everything and that we're not broken.
2: We're not broken. No, no, we are not. There are things in life that, that happen to us mm. that, that break our connection to ourselves, that break our connection to source to love, to trust, to the world being a safe place, but that connection, it's still there. It's just been like muddled and covered up. Like if a fountain had a bunch of rocks dropped on it, the water's still coming up. It's just obstructed temporarily, but you can like clear that for yourself by connecting to especially your value, your worth, your deservability, that whatever's happened to you, that you still are worthy and deserving, whether you've been the, you know, the victim of certain traumas or even the afflictor of it. It's a bit different. The healing from those two sides of the same coin, Mm -hmm. you know, one is taking some responsibility and regulating yourself and getting the help you need. If you're the one that's hurt others or are right now in this moment, you know, to learn what you need so that you can feel whole and complete enough to source love in healthy ways versus unhealthy ways. And for those that have been victimized and experienced trauma, it's about learning that that was never your fault. It wasn't what you deserved and learning You know how to discern maybe people that are safer to be with and kinder versus other kinds, and where those patterns come from in your life.
1: Mm, Yes, I love that. I love that, and I love the comparison of the two sides. And again, even if we have done stuff in the past that we're not proud of, or engage in things that we're not proud of, that there is opportunity for healing for all of us, and that absolutely self compassion um, is just so important.
2: It is. That's what I write about with self-compassion, with empathy, being Mm -hmm. able to really understand yourself first and the role of forgiveness being for you versus for everyone else. Certainly you'll, you'll get there. You can get there, but forgiveness, really forgiving yourself. And even on a daily basis, kind of scanning as you're laying in bed, is there anything I feel like I'd like to forgive myself for? And that's just a big word for like, You know, we, we judge ourselves all the time, Mm. Aaron, almost unawares. And when you start to really look at your, like, watch yourself thinking throughout the day, that meta communication, you know, how, instead of really demeaning yourself or criticizing yourself, affirming, you know, I did the best I could today. And hey, yeah, I could have done that better. I could have said that better. What do I need? Maybe I was really tired because I haven't been getting to sleep early enough or I've been going out too much. And so I was really short with my partner or that friend, you know, so what do I need to change so that I can be more rested and, and respond differently instead of just, oh, I fucked up, you know, when yeah. or I'm fucked up you know just yes. really softening that with some something applicable. I love practical wisdom, Aaron, so in my book there's takeaway steps that you can start using today for every placement of Chiron in the 12 signs and affirmations that you can use to help believing differently for yourself because it takes both your beliefs and, you know, tweaking your actions. Some of you yes. might need to do more, some of you might need to do less.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that difference, as you said before, between positive thinking about something, which was you know, that kind of old school kind of thought, to actually believing it, to actually not just thinking something positively, but actually embodying, embracing and reprogramming those subconscious thoughts that are happening in our minds.
2: Definitely. And that can take some time just like it takes time to develop thought patterns and belief systems, allow yourself time to learn new things so that you can apply them in your life. And the positive thinking won't be as important as like, I really know like an inner knowing, Mm -hmm. which is different than just a positive thought it's deeper and it's stronger. Like, I just know this is going to work out though. It doesn't look like it. I just know, you know, it is. And Mm continue down your path. Mm, That belief, belief, trust.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love it. So tell us more about the book. So if someone we will pop all of the details, obviously in the show notes that everybody can access that and grab themselves a copy. Um, But so how does someone identify
2: where Chiron is in their chart? Well, in my book, there's a chart where you can look at your Mm -hmm. date of birth and, you know, see where Chiron is in one of the 12 signs. There's also an interactive component at my website where you can enter your date of birth your place of birth. And if you have it, your time of birth, the time of birth isn't necessary to know where Chiron is, but that will give you the house placement of Chiron in one of the 12 houses of the Zodiac. And that simply is an easy kind of shortcut to where does this vulnerability or wounding manifest? Like, is it, in the workplace? Or is it in my romantic relationship? Or is it in my self-esteem that other people don't see? It's just kind of in my own thoughts. But once you read what what Chiron, what it means for you, you're going to know, you know, where this is manifesting in your Mm. life. So you don't need your time of birth to source the information. And there are things, just if I can give examples, like Chiron and Aries, just to make this tangible and, and less like, you know, like Abstract. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Chiron and Aries speaks to a vulnerability and your sense of your value and your worth. Chiron in the sign of Taurus speaks because to a vulnerability. vulnerability. What's that? That's me. Okay. Okay. Wow. yes. And so you might have engaged in people pleasing type behaviors in the past to source love, you know, believing if you're a really good person, if you show that as much as you can. And again, it's congruent, like you love doing these things, but you might feel depleted for example, and people might not show up in the same way. So it's about learning to kind of manage that and be more selective and give more of that to yourself, being really good to you. Just a little Mm, more detail. and Yeah. Chiron and Aries. And then Chiron and Taurus speaks to a core wounding by neglect. There also might've been sexual abuse or coercion in this placement of Chiron. Chiron in Gemini speaks to a core wounding and empathetic attunement or a vulnerability. This is the person that you feel like you're speaking so clearly, but you're misunderstood, or you might be perceived as a know-it-all, and it's just so frustrating. So it's really practical information like that. Chiron in the sign of cancer, core wounding, vulnerability by abandonment like your parent might've actually left, like abandoned you as a young person mm. or had an addiction that kept them from caring for you. So so you were abandoned emotionally and you know, even maybe physically. So that's kind of what it looks like when you get into the book.
1: Yeah, so it's super, super practical, like you said. So there's a chapter on each of the, the elements of it, so that people can really deep dive in, and you've got practical steps
2: at the end on things that people can actually do to kind of start working through exactly. themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And also, Erin, it's a book you can use. I've used it. Like, say, if I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm, I'm feeling like I've been neglecting myself or someone important to me has. I'll just pick up that chapter, and it's like, okay, what, what did I say? that could be helpful to do, or what's an affirmation and just kind of, Oh, okay. Like to help again, self-soothe, like with my book, I intend for you to really learn to soothe yourself more deeply. And there's some Mm -hmm. journal prompts. I share a bit about some of my experiences growing up and, um, a bit about addiction. I recovered from cocaine addiction. So I talk, some about that because addiction is, is often a way we use to manage emotional pain, but yet it ends up causing more emotional pain than, than remediating it. So I talk about how to change and, you know, really heal yourself from an addiction and um, things like that,
1: that Mm. I think are important. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that too, because you know, even as you were speaking about the different um elements of it, there's things that I think many of us can relate to in those, regardless of where Chiron is in our chart. At as you mentioned, at times we might be feeling particularly vulnerable around particular things. And so that's really yeah. great, like really practical that. It's not just a guide for you in relation to where your Chiron is, but it's something you can also pick up in relation to other things that, that exactly. inevitably come up for us in this human experience as we're going through life.
2: Yeah, and I think it's important to know your partner's Chiron placement and they know yours because often in couples I see that the arguments or disagreements or frustrations center around each other's Chiron vulnerability or wounding. And in this mm. way you can become more allies for each other versus adversarial, you know, this person, they're really not trying to piss you off Mm. as much as it feels like they are or frustrate you. It's really from this place, like a pattern that's been running the show in the background, that's been out of your awareness and theirs. And when you really have that compassion and understanding, you can extend empathy. Hey, I think this is your Chiron stuff. Like what, you know, what do we need to do? What do you need to do? And it can really help things just be better between you. Mm, Even people you just love and care about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just having that common language can just be a really good signal to take the heat out of things and actually come back to something practical and tangible yeah absolutely yeah so one of the things you talk about too like on your website right up there in the banner is um changing consciousness one conversation at a time which is I think what we're part of what we're doing here today that's what we're doing yes (laughs) um but you know really I suppose when I think about all the things you're talking about and my own experience and the things that I talk about consciousness is kind of really where it starts isn't it you know having an awareness that awareness i can i can you know i need some support or i need some help or or this thing is a challenge for me so what are the steps that you kind of guide someone through if they're relatively new to this and relatively new i guess to having an awareness
2: of something that's not working for them sure i approach it and and you know very gently and very lovingly Mm. because it's like an ouch you know, place within someone and where they've typically hidden this, felt really vulnerable about it, ashamed even. And so it's with a lot of love and tenderness unpacking, like what's your earliest recollection of feeling this way, for example, because going back to where you can remember that origin can help, you know, the messages, the beliefs you started to believe about yourself you know more most importantly that you know what did this experience that you went through cause you to believe is true about you and is that something you want to continue believing and perpetuating or not so that can often be a really good place to start so you can start feeling better immediately mm-hmm. and like have hope you know hope is just really important in our lives as i think we've definitely seen through the pandemic you know when people yeah. are feeling hopeless it causes despair And, and, you know, just people take their lives and just having hope, really seeing that there's a way through is so important. So that's the place to start, seeing Mm. that there's a way through for you.
1: Yes, I love that. And, you know, even as we're talking, it's just like you're so right. Words like hope and love and those sorts of things have always been squashed in our modern world. Like it's not, I, I know that we're, I feel like we're in a chain, a pattern of change where more of us are becoming woke for want of a better word. And we're right, having right. more of these conversations, but but it's almost like the opposite is what has been rewarded and celebrated almost is what we see on the news every day. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of deprogramming to do around this and, it's a simple context, but concept, but can take a lot of work, right. To, to well, it, like what you said, you know, you know, Aaron, just having that conversation with your dad of this big yeah. aha moment of the things that you had come to believe were true, although no, recognizing that now you don't believe that to be true, but wow, that can be really shocking.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't want to take that into my life. Mm. You know, that's not what I'm going to believe. And so, but I, I like what you were just talking about to me speaks of consumption, you know, and we think mm-hmm. of consumption as being the food we eat and the drinks we're drinking, soft drinks versus water, fast food versus healthier foods. Fresh. Consumption I mean, yeah. is also, you know, what are you watching? Are you watching the news every day? I don't think that's healthy to, to do that. It's it's totally fear-based. It's a fear-based, you know, media. Um, that just wants to get you hooked because mm. it causes adrenaline spikes in your brain, you know, that like feel good in some way, getting all those neurochemicals going. And then the, the crash after, and you need another hit, you know, it's just like addiction. And so what are you consuming? Where are you sourcing your news? Because there are other places than just like the main news on TV through reading and researching other ways to find out what's going on, you know, the music, you're listening to, Mm. the conversations that you're having and that you're initiating, that's all consumption. And there's so many nuances of, of that. And certainly we don't you know, sometime I've thought, oh my God, like, I don't want to just live on the mountaintop alone, you know, to <laughs> as tempting it as it be is. so pure. <laughs> right, right. But it's like cultivate, you know, like, a, like every morning I start with meditation, even yeah. if it's a few minutes and my phone is still on silent and I just close my eyes and ask for guidance and direction and ask for things to go well for me and great for me and you know how can i be of service and just taking a few moments even in the morning before you jump into your day can start to change things so you don't necessarily need to spend hours doing this you know it's great when you can but mm-hmm. it's really just about how do you approach each day with some more intention and being selective you know about what you're doing if, as far as your who are you socializing with and how are you socializing and just being mindful you know, again, of what's going to feed you, what's going to deplete you. And when you do something, you know, is going to deplete you, but you want to do it anyway to schedule the time on the back end. Maybe Mm. you don't schedule an 8 a.m. appointment that next morning. Maybe you schedule a 10 a.m., you know, so again, being intentional and mindful so you can live a full life, but not be like dragged around by it. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that.
1: It's reengaging in in the choice that we have and being conscious of that. Yeah, I yeah. love it. So um, I'm so mindful of, of time, as I always am. I could go on with these conversations for an ever and ever. It is very late in the day for you, which I really appreciate. So just before we start to wrap up, I have one question that I love to ask, and it is What's that? what truly brings you joy and when was the last time you did it?
2: Well, you know, the, the answer is I love Uh, sculpting glass, hot molten Mm. glass as an art form, as a material. I have done it for the last say 24 years until the pandemic. So it has been two years and three months since I've been in a hot shop in a glass studio. And it got to the point where I felt like I couldn't even take it. So a local studio in New Orleans reopened. And yesterday and today, I for the first time went and sculpted hot glass, though it was 96 degrees outside and <laughs> the is not air conditioned. Wow. So in front of a 2,300 degree furnace. And glory hole, it was well over a hundred degrees and sweltering heat. I was in bliss and joy. So that is something personally, it's like my therapy to create Mm. with my hands and my mind and the material of glass being a molten liquid turning into a solid. It just really brings you to the moment. It's like, I was just right there. And I think Mm. as many things as you can do or plan to do that, bring you into that present moment awareness, do them because, That's really what I think makes us the happiest.
1: Mm,
2: Thank you for asking that question. I love that. I just did it yesterday and today. Yes,
1: I I love it. Is it true that you also have a therapy based around that as well? You offer that as a
2: therapy? You know, I have a nonprofit called the Yes Foundation, and I invented a modified glass workbench for people who are in wheelchairs to use their own wheelchair to learn to blow glass and cast glass. And I donated the prototype to a studio in New Orleans, Yaya Artists, and the website is theyesfoundationinc.com. And it's something that I would love to see around the world, people with disabilities Mm -hmm. able Mm -hmm. to access glass as an art form, because it can bring you such joy to like play with this material or make things for your income. And it's like a dream that I have, Erin, to see it around the world. There's even a glass studio in Bali called Horizon Glassworks. I know the owner. Since you're there, you might want to check it out. Um, It's a really great studio. And yeah, thank you for asking that. It's something, it's like my passion project
0: to have people
2: with disabilities work with glass.
1: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Love it. And you are obviously so multi-passionate and so giving of yourself and, you know, you've spoken about um, being of service and I appreciate just everything that you're doing, the message that you're sharing in the world. And thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. As I said, I will pop all of your details in the show notes, but just quickly, where do you hang out most online? Where's the best place for people to contact you?
2: Well, I just want to say, I appreciate your generosity to have me on and talk about these things. Thank you, Erin. It's such a gift and blessing. I really appreciate this time with you and your audience. And I would love to connect with everyone on social media. I'm at NOLA therapy, N-O-L-A, like New Orleans, Los Angeles <laughs> therapy, T-H-E-R-A-P-Y on Instagram and Facebook. And that's also my website, nolatherapy.com. And I'd love to connect and get to know people and help in any way that I can.
1: Beautiful. And with the magic of the internet, um, if anybody wants to work with you, they can obviously do that from anywhere, which is wonderful. Yeah. Beautiful. And obviously for anyone interested in learning more about the Chiron effect and how that can be, I guess, come up in their live and then how they can also work through that to get to the other side of that to obviously also check out your book. And the link for that will be in the show notes as well. Thank you, Erin. So. You
2: are delightful.
1: Oh, thank you. Right back at you. I really loved our chat. So thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode. You know what to do. Leave a rating. Reach out to Lisa and I to let us both know how you found the episode. And obviously, if you have any questions about it, we would love to connect with you. So until next time, I will see you soon. Much love.